have your sports curiosity cured. Kane over the line, hits the trailer at Cole, back to Bouchard. On to dry settle. Seal broken. A veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Makes a move through Domi. Dishing off to Yanmark. Make the drive. McLeod in front. Score! Game tied! There's the death goal! Derek Ryan has the equalizer! Brand new game! Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Shot! Redirected by rebound! McLeod waiting. Shooting score! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. Saul 93 for January the 18th. Uh, Good morning to you. A little chilly out there, still minus 20. Going to get down to minus 26 or so tonight. But you know what? There's, you know, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? By the weekend, it's going to be kind of normal. And then by next week, it's going to be just fine. We're going to be getting out of this deep freeze for a little while. So it's going to be nice to see that. And I think everyone handled it just fine. Thank you. Again, good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. On your AM dial, on the uh, iHeartRadio app, and all the apps that we've got, and of course on uh, on Sports1440.ca. It's game day for the Edmonton Oilers as they take on the Seattle Kraken tonight. Uh, Seattle was just as hot as the Oilers were before kind of wrapping up a, a little bit of an Eastern road trip. The Kraken had won nine in a row, and uh, they went on the road for six straight games. This is their final game, kind of coming home after being out East. Uh, they won in Buffalo, then they won in Washington, won in Columbus, and then head into, yeah, you know, a little bit stiffer competition and get shut out in Pittsburgh 3-0 and then lose to the mighty, mighty New York Rangers by a score of 5-2 to two on Tuesday. So they played back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, traveled day, all day yesterday to get to Edmonton and then take on the Oilers tonight, their final of a six-game swing where they are 3-2 and two so far. Well, the Oilers' winning streak has been well-documented. Seattle had that nine-game smoker goal, and the Oilers, of course... Well, you can't say much more than what they've been doing. I mean, it is going as well as it possibly can with 11 straight wins. The Oilers uh, set the franchise mark on the weekend. And, you know, everything is just going swimmingly right now. And you're it, when something like this is going on, you're almost kind of going, okay, what's going to happen to see something go negative you know we've talked about the fact that they've allowed the first goal in the four last in the last four games they are coming from behind but they're being patient the Oilers beat Seattle twice already this year that's a good sign 4-1 in Seattle on November 11th uh, we all know kind of what was going on uh, over a course of that time of the year for the Oilers and then uh, 4-3 they beat in overtime beat the Kraken in uh, Rogers Place on November the 15th. Chris Stoblock, since he's taken over behind the bench with the Oilers, is 21-6. and six. Yesterday morning, we were talking quite a bit about his 
um, decisions and what he has to do to make in-game decisions, pre-game decisions. What about goaltending tonight? How much has he thought about, uh, you know, the fact that the Oilers have a very spread out schedule here? Three games, they're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then uh, a long break, just like many, many other teams in the NHL. But the Oilers have a nine or 10 day break around the All-Star break. So yesterday at practice, I asked Chris Knobloch, does that change? Does that change the fact that you have an extended, extended break following these last five games going into that break? Does that change your philosophy on how you use your goaltenders? We'll have that clip from him a bit later in the show, but just to kind of give you the Reader's Digest version, he says it does and it doesn't because both goaltenders are playing quite well right now. Stuart Skinner is playing the best he's ever played. You could say that in the NHL, but every time Cal Pickard has gone in, you know what, he's played very well as you know, as well as a tandem, as the uh, backup to Stuart Skinner. So, decision tonight. I would imagine that he's made this call many days ago, despite the way that Stu Skinner played, you know, the other night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, big decision, I guess, to see who plays in net for the Oilers tonight. Wouldn't be surprised if he goes either way. He could go, he could ride Skinner here for the next two games in Calgary on Saturday after this game. Maybe he decides to to change it up and go a little bit different with a rotation. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But as I said, I, I kind of went, when I looked at the Oilers schedule and, and saw how both goaltenders were playing, I said it wouldn't surprise me at the start of this month if, if Cal Pickard played every Thursday night. The in-game decisions that we talked about yesterday morning that, you know, Chris Knobloch had the most notable one was on the winning goal. Technically, when you know he, after an icing by Morgan Riley of the Leafs, he elected to take uh, two thirds of the big line off the ice. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman left Connor McDavid out there, who you know he was on for a good 40 45 seconds. Leafs couldn't change. Austin Matthews was out there. We talked about it yesterday in the sense that both Matthews and McDavid were just gassed at the end of the shift when. Knobloch put out McLeod and Leon Dreisaitl, and, you know, we all know what happened. McLeod ended up scoring the game-winning goal with Connor McDavid, top of the crease, providing a screen. Austin Matthews at the end of the shift uh, really just kind of standing beside him, not pushing him out of the way, and basically allowing McDavid to create a screen on Martin Jones. Text line is open, 1-833-401-1440, 1-833-401-1440. Do you think the Oilers... Make it a dirty dozen tonight. Can this streak keep going? Is Seattle ripe kind of for the pickings coming into Edmonton on the end of a long road trip, playing three games in four nights, traveling from New York all the way to Edmonton yesterday? Will the Oilers make it a dirty dozen in a row? Connor McDavid over this 11-game winning streak has... uh, well, an 11-game point streak and five goals, 12 assists, and 17 points in that span. Kind of under the radar, if you want to call it, uh, if you can ever call Leon Dreisaitl under the radar. He's got eight goals in these 11 games. So very, very consistent. Uh, Darnell Nurse, by the way, will play his 600th career game. His 600th career game. Uh, for the Oilers tonight. So uh, that'll be a bit of a milestone for the Oilers. Seattle comes in 19-16-9 and 
Good for 47 points. The Oilers 24-15-1. Thanks to an eight-game winning streak. Thanks to an 11-game winning streak. Uh, power play and penalty kill will probably have something to say about it tonight. Uh, Oilers power plays kind of, it's just uh, sort of just been hanging around. It's not moving, not going anywhere. It's been around 25% for quite a while. Uh, ranked eighth in the league. The penalty kill for Seattle is you know that's where the Oilers can probably bring something in uh, 77.1 and the Oilers have the opportunity to exploit some um, you know if they get a couple of power plays uh, tonight maybe can uh, fire a few in because again sort of just been uh, him and on right now at uh, 25%. Uh, Oilers uh, again with Stuart Skinner since November 24th. He's 15 and 2. His goals against in the last eight games 1.48 and a save percentage of 948. The Duke of Delburn had a little question for us in uh, uh, Are You In or Are You Out? And he said, Where does Stuart Skinner now rank in the Vesna Trophy uh, consideration? This was on Monday with Lorianne Munzer. And I mean, at this, well, let's go two months ago. I mean, he was he. When you looked at the stats for goaltenders in the NHL, you pull up the stats page. He wasn't even on the first page. <laughs> that's that's how far down he was. Like he was, I think it's fifty goaltenders. He was he was below fifty in the NHL. So right now, Stu Skinner, I, I think he's he's in that conversation to be top five, top six goaltenders right now, uh, moving forward uh, as we progress here. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. The Duke of Delburn. Did you have a a wicked night last night? What was shaking? No Tropicana's games, no? No Tropicana's game. It was a pretty relaxed night for me, Kevin. I flipped around uh, a little bit of the games that were on TV. I, I did not watch any of them start to finish. It was kind of like as I, uh, you know, dialed in and out a little bit, took in mm-hmm. some of the uh, the basketball games on the night as well. Um, it was very relaxed. I, I really didn't get up to too much of anything. It's rare that we have evenings where there's nothing, no appointment viewing, mm-hmm. I guess, for us. It's more so at your leisure. So I kind of took that, uh, for went for a little walk around the neighborhood with the uh, the weather being a bit nicer. The AirPods in listening to um, Gene Principe on with Gregor yesterday <laughs> afternoon. That was a that was a ride of an interview. Uh, Gene in for the full hour with Gregor. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but otherwise, no, very uh, casual, relaxed evening for me. Yeah, you know, Gino's. I saw him yesterday after practice as well. He's always got like. Did he have a? I wonder if he had a, a three piece suit on coming. Uh, in I, 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 he came in. I'd already. I'd actually just missed him by the, for the time I take uh, took off the day. So right when I got home was when I went for my little stroll in the fading mm-hmm. sunshine. Ooh. and um, little walk and, in the park and, and listened uh, streaming it uh, to my phone from the iHeart uh, app into the headphones for a little little casual stroll. One of our big producers here, uh, Slats, Brad Slater, sent this, this uh, little ditty out about uh, Tony Herkus. Do you remember Tony Herkus? I have no idea who that okay, is. Okay, Tony Herkus, it was called the, uh, well, okay, now we know Jagger Herkus uh, yes. from Irma, plays in Moose Jaw. They have the moniker in Moose Jaw, the Herkus Circus. Circus. Well, it was the Herkus Circus a long time ago, 40 years ago. And and Tony Herkus actually was a, a, a pretty good collegiate player. Anyway, now he's a scout for Tampa Bay, and he was at an L.A. Kings game in a press box, and one of uh, a league employee was choking on a pretzel. And this is from TMZ, so I can see just slats surfing TMZ. <laughs> he probably watches that TMZ show that's on Entertainment at Entertainment Tonight. Well, no, no. There's another show, this TMZ. They stand around a desk, and they it's just dirty journalism. Well, it's not journalism. It's the, just... It's, the hot goss. It's... If that's what it's called, I don't know. It's bad. Like, 
back in the day, there used to be called these production meetings, assignment meetings. Everyone stands around, and that's what this show is about. And some reporter stands up, well, I found out that Tony Herkus did this, and they figure out that it's a story. So Tony Herkus, uh, uh, earlier this month, at a crypto.com arena, the Kings were playing, and a staffer was choking on a pretzel. Well, apparently, Tony Herkus, who's now a Tampa Bay Lightning scout, uh, administered the Heimlich maneuver. So he basically saved this employee, uh, and like TMZ, they don't uh, sensationalize anything. Yeah, only every second word. Anyway, in the article, it says, uh, a piece of pretzel was ejected from this staffer. Uh, Then the employee began to breathe normally. People who were on the scene believe that Tony saved the choking person's life. So we're going to try to get Tony Herkus on the program. He played, uh, so he played 14 years in the NHL, uh, he was a really fast, smaller player, um, but he he actually, I think he won the Hobie Baker Award. Uh, so he was a great player. He won the Hobie Baker Award uh, back at North Dakota. So in the late 80s, I think it was. So anyway, he was he played for the Oilers about a half season, picked up off waivers, and then he was, uh, I think, traded to the Dallas Stars in the late 90s. So Tony Herkus, uh, he went on to play for your Anaheim Ducks, Duke. I can't believe you don't even know who this guy is. Well, that is, that's uh, that's on me. That's a bad look for me, not... Uh... 13 goals, 25 assists, Duke, for the Ducks in 19, or sorry, 2000 and 2001. It's a little before your time. Just, just pre- yeah, like the, the 03 Cup run was really when I launched myself into um, watching hockey and like on a regular basis regular basis and of mm-hmm. course my ducks fandom starting at the that time as well so it, there's a lot of uh really kind of you forget type names yeah. that have played for anaheim over the years a lot of guys you're like oh my god that guy played for and so, <laughs> i mean some of them are guys like uh uh this individual who you know maybe not the most storied nhl career but uh stuck around for a long time and then there's others where it's like whole like sergey fedorov mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> there's some there's some pretty big names that have made stops uh in anaheim as well didn't curry play like half a yari curry or am i thinking of there was definitely well, he was in la for a lot of years so i don't know about if he was in anaheim i that would be a that would be a something that I don't. Remember. Adam Oates was there. Yeah, Oates he was there. Oates was, but there, there's a there's a couple. There's one that I'm. I want to say it was one of the former Oilers. Yeah, I guess one year for Yari Curry. Okay, I, forget that. I, I mean people forget I, that. Like that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Because obviously Anaheim not a team a lot of people keep super close tabs on. Sometimes things uh go under the radar. Yari Curry played uh, in '96 '97 for Anaheim. He kind of ran the gamut after he played <laughs> for the Kings, Rangers, Ducks, and Avalanche in a span of about three years. But what a career! Six hundred and one goals, and most of them here with the Oilers. And you know what? When all when the, all the Oiler players come back, and of course Yari's in Finland from the eighties, and they come back, and you know, for the many, there was a time there they had about four or five get-togethers in about three years with the new arena, the team being announced, and things like that. Everyone, all the other players, it's one of the first guys they want to talk to is Yari Curry. They just love talking to that guy and love hanging out. And, you know, he's just a salt of the earth kind of guy. Big tournament coming up. Well, it starts today. It starts in about an hour. The John Reed Memorial Tournament. If you are a hockey fan and you like watching hockey, if you haven't been to the John Reed Tournament in St. Albert, you have to go. It's one of the premier was Bantam now under 15 tournaments in Canada. It started out uh, in 1979. We're going to have uh, Jeff Giacobo uh, from uh, the coach of the St. Albert Raiders Sabres uh, squad uh, when uh, we uh, come back at 7.20. Also coming up, of course, uh, 
Yesterday at Oilers practice, I did a one-on-one with Matthias Ekholm. Uh, I mean, great. Matthias is one of the most well-spoken guys on the team in the league, so we'll have a, that one-on-one at 7.40. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli, 8 o'clock and 8.20. Allison Lucan from the Seattle Kraken. Uh, she's an analyst. She'll be our uh, game of the day for St. Albert Dodge. And then uh, Matt Devlin. Hey, this will be exciting. Uh, Raptors play-by-play man. And you know what? I'm looking forward to talking to Matt about when he fills in a little bit in the summer for Blue Jays baseball. Gives the guys a bit of a break. Because, I mean, for him, you know, it's a long off season. And for him to kind of get involved in Blue Jays baseball, most of the games, it seems, are always in Tampa Bay. I'm sure that's kind of where he resides and, and stuff like that. But that'll be an interesting conversation. So when we come back, and of course, hey, Ladislav Schmid, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock will be our co-host, as he is every Thursday. So all the Laddie fans can get ready for another salt-of-the-earth kind of program from 8 to 10. Uh, when we come, Jeff Giacobo, John Reed Memorial Hockey Tournament gets underway in St. Albert uh, this morning. He'll be with us uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carey show on sports 1440 stay with us all right welcome back to the big program that's fired up music to get things rolling on a thursday morning a little chilly still minus 20 high today about minus 19 20 and minus 26 tonight but it will be smoking hot really smoking hot in uh, st albert this weekend with the uh, John Reed Memorial Tournament, and uh, that's why we brought in our next guest and part of our puck report uh, brought to you by Fountain Tire. More than just tires, they offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer. Let's welcome in uh, Jeff Giacobo from uh, the St. Albert Sabres slash Raiders. Is that how it kind of goes for the tournament uh, and for the team, Uh, Jeff? Hi, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Raiders is the hockey club, and Sabres is the under-15 AAA team that plays within the club. Right on. So it kind of just a little wordy for a person that doesn't exactly know what's going on. But this tournament is uh, a phenomenal tournament, and that's the one of the things. I, I've been at this thing for many, many years, covering it and just going as a fan. Uh, just your thoughts overall being involved in this thing. Uh, it's been going on since 1979, so uh, you got to be just thrilled to be a part of this tournament. Yeah, 45 years um, of history, which is phenomenal. Uh, that The volunteers in the past and the new volunteers over the last few years that have been running the tournament just do an exceptional job. Um, they really do their due diligence, making sure that the premier teams, you know, from really North America are in the tournament. So the competition level is super high, and it's a very exciting atmosphere. This morning... At 10.45, there'll probably be around 2,000 fans in the building. We have a school program where all the community schools in St. Albert come out and watch, so everybody's really excited. Oh, just amazing. Again, so the tournament basically started in 1979, as we're speaking with Jeff Giacobo from the uh, John Reed Memorial Tournament. It just kept growing and growing and growing. And uh, just for our listeners, uh, Jeff, to make kind of give them a bit of a background, uh, John Reed used to coach the team back in the day. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, in 2003, uh, John passed away after a battle with cancer. And then after that, it became known as the John Reed uh, tournament and and the teams that have come that come here have been as you say all over north america just uh, what are some of the teams and how far are they traveled for this year's edition well this year there's a team out of toronto the toronto titans they're the number four ranked team in canada i believe for, for our age group um the phoenix junior coyotes are here from from the states uh okanagan hockey academy colorado is here from the states as well um 
and then you know local teams in from around here edge is, is the number one ranked team in canada they're here um the flames from our league are here red deer from our league is here sure park from our league is here um all all really strong strong teams from mm-hmm. from all over there's 16 teams in total you know, uh, Jeff, I was looking at a program just the other day. I, ha- I had it uh, just uh, kind of in one of the cupboards at home. and was from 2019. And, uh, I mean, I'm looking in, the, in who's playing in the tournament from just kind of going through there. And Connor Bedard was playing in 2019 in this tournament. That's how that's how big, you know, you think yeah. about and how big it is and how where it's gone. And some of the players that have come through here, like, uh, you know, Robbie Brown has played in this tournament. And uh, uh, Jordan Eberle, he's here tonight playing with the Kraken. He's played in this tournament it's i mean if you've gone on or you've played even in the whl chances are you you've played in this tournament i coached this team in in 1999 and 2000 as well and we in in that in those years we coached against jordan stall so you're Hmm. you're right like just phenomenal players come through come through the tournament and i think uh, even uh, in 2019 ray whitney was coach of the phoenix team is that correct Yes, we've had a number of former <laughs> NHLers. I believe Matt Pachuk's coach is OHA Colorado. Uh, Paul Coffey at one time <laughs> was involved with the Toronto team that was here. So, oh, I mean, it's just simply amazing. So things get underway today, Jeff. Kind of give us a rundown of, you know, because you got both rinks going. How does everything kind of come together? Yeah, all, all three rinks are going. So basically the tournament's broken into four pools. So two two groups of eight. Um Everybody plays three round-robin games. If you finish in the top two, you move on to the A side of the tournament. So that that would be your quarterfinals starting Saturday morning. Um, if you're in the bottom two, those teams still get to play. It's it's such a big uh, tournament for scouts. One of the things that, that most tournaments do this now is they make sure that games are maximized. So everybody will get a, a minimum of five games. Which is key, and as you said, uh, as we're speaking with Jeff Giacobo uh, with the uh, St. Albert uh, Raiders Sabres squad getting ready for the John Reed Memorial Tournament uh, gets underway, well, in less than about a half an hour or so as Burnaby takes on uh, Yale to kick things off, and then the Flames take on Phoenix, and as you said, the uh, Raiders Sabres play at 10.45 against the FV Thunderbirds. What about this team that you're going to be facing off with? Uh, Fraser Valley Thunderbirds. They're a real good team. They're 19 and two in their in their league. They lead the BC league. Um, yeah. So no no favors from from the committee for our group. <laughs> that's for sure. We uh, we get Fraser Valley this morning, and then we get Okanagan Penticton uh, tonight, and we get Edge tomorrow. So Oof. we uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. We we have a good team too. So mm-hmm. um, should be an exciting exciting few days here for us. How's your uh, team looking? Uh, kind of give us a little bit of the, the makeup of your squad, Jeff. Uh, well, we, we have some high-end skill. We have Ozzie McIntyre up front who, who leads the league. I think he's, I want to say he's got somewhere around 83, 84 points right now in, in 24 games. Um, Luke Ruptash is a big power forward. Um, on the back end, we got Jackson Bazzani and Cole Carter who, uh, both played for me last year, and, and they've really elevated their games as well. So we, we have some high-end skill, but I, what I really love about our team is we have lots of depth. We're, um, we play really well over 200 feet. We commit to, to playing on both sides of the puck, and, and I think we have lots of success because of that. 
Jeff Giacobo, uh, head coach of the Raiders Sabres, uh, St. Albert entry here for the uh, John Reed Memorial Tournament, which gets underway today in St. Albert at all three arenas, the Marc Messier, the Troy Murray, and the Performance Arena. And again, you say you're going to have 2,000 fans for this game this morning? Well, there's 1,500 students scheduled to come, and then, <laughs> you know, between parents and scouts, I think it'll probably fill in with another 500. It's it's quite a tradition in this game for St. Albert. Um mm-hmm. You know, my youngest son is 17, and he's uh, doing everything he can to get out of high school this morning. <laughs> to get to um, <laughs> how heavily is this tournament scouted, Jeff? Uh, it's heavy. There'll, there'll be representatives from every WHL team um, at the tournament for sure, and then all the Junior A programs as well. Yeah. So quite, quite often, I believe in my conversations that they use this as a, a meeting time. So there's scouts from all over Western Canada will will come into St. Albert and meet and review players and see where they're at as they prepare for the Bantam draft in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the under 50. Under 50 yeah, again, yeah. You're like me, uh, Jeff. It's the same thing. You just keep saying it over and over again. One yeah. one day we'll learn, I guess, or figure it out. But well, <laughs> when you've been doing it for 30 years. Exactly. Uh, Jeff Gia- Yeah, no kidding. Jeff Giacobo with us uh, this morning on uh, Sports 1440. Uh, when you look at the history of this tournament and all the teams that have come through here, it's probably, you know, when all these teams, you know, are putting their calendar together, would you say it's one of their highlights of the season to come here to St. Albert? I believe it is. I, I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but the volunteer group led by Brent Condro does just an outstanding job of, of, number one, vetting the teams and then making it an experience for for everybody. Just the way they're treated. I mean, if you go into service place, you know, it's, it's top-notch. There's... Um, scouts rooms and there's players rooms there's player interviews there's podcasts it's it's really top notch Mm -hmm. when you uh look at when you look at the teams coming in jeff and you did touch on this a little bit but uh what about the the local teams because you you still want to draw the teams in uh from far away like you know as you said toronto and you've had teams from europe even play in this tournament but you also want to have the local angle how do you balance that i guess well they they the, the committee does a real good job of making it clear you have to be good early. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's a little bit of pressure on teams because obviously, especially at this age, I think at any age, you know, teams develop over the course of a year and, and they get stronger as the year goes on. But, um, you know, there is, they, I think they do for sure have a mandate of, of balancing the number of teams. So we have a balance between club teams and, and academy teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really what it comes down to is, is the quality of play. So, yeah. You know the local teams that are that are in have earned their way in, and the academy teams that are in have earned their way in. Um, I I don't know what the exact number of applicants for the tournament was, but I'm sure it was up. You know, 30 to 50 teams probably applied to be in this tournament. It's just an amazing, amazing weekend. Uh, do you kind of go and have to take a big breath here? And how do, how do you prepare your team? I guess in the sense of. You know, every one of your kids knows that there's going to be a ton of scouts there. I mean, a great tournament here can vault them in the draft. It can do this. But how do you kind of keep the keep your eye on the ball or the puck, so to speak? Well, I, I think that that's something that starts in September with us. We, you know, we talk lots about what the distractions are. And obviously the scouts are a great part of the game. And, and it's super exciting for the players. But they can become an, a distraction. So, you know, I think it's something that we manage right from right from when when we start in September um, it's part of the game you know my message to our group yesterday when we left the rink was today's another hockey game it's exciting for sure but 
it's not much different than the game we played in Fort Saskatchewan on Saturday when we finished our league play before the tournament. Um, you know, we're not going to prepare differently. We we know who we're playing. We know what their strengths and how they play. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's always going to be about us. And, you know, my challenge for our group was to enjoy it and, you know, put our best foot forward today. And one last one for you, Jeff, uh, as we're speaking with Jeff Giacobo. Uh, head coach of the uh, Sabres and Raiders uh, Bantam or under 15 team here we go again for the John Reed Memorial Tournament uh, have you how hard has it been or what, what are the difficulties or maybe it, it, their challenges uh, of just kind of the day that we the age that we live in with uh, academies and, and specialty schools and, and leagues and thing like that things like that what's it been like for you to kind of see the evolution of where we are I guess in the big picture of uh, I guess you know youth hockey minor hockey whatever you want to call it well, it's it's funny because when I I'm aging myself, but when I first coached this team in 1999, I just came to the rink and coached the players that were there because that's how it was. But now, you know, you really you have to run a competitive program, and and I do lots of work outside of the rink, you know, talking to families about why they should stay, mm-hmm. why they should not go to an academy, like why our program is as good and as competitive with those academy teams. So. But, you know, the landscape has changed immensely. It's it's become, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, there's boundaries that our players have to live within, but they have the choice to leave the boundaries. So yeah. my challenge as a coach is just, you know, create a program where kids want to stay. And, you know, over the years, we haven't lost any of our returning players. So anybody that has chosen to stay in our program has stayed for two years in the four years that I've been coaching. So that really helps, right? When you can have a first-year player come in that can compete at the level and then they stay for the next year, that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. for your program. Uh, anything I'm missing? Any, anything you want to add, uh, Jeff, just to wrap things up here? No, just thanks very much for taking the time. And if anyone's looking to watch some exciting hockey this weekend, Service Place will have lots of it. Oh, really appreciate you coming on. Good luck uh, this morning uh, against Fraser Valley and then the uh, other all well, the four other games you got going and hopefully you can get on to the playoffs. Really uh, appreciate your time, Jeff. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks, Kevin. That's uh, Jeff Giacobo, uh, head coach of the uh, Sabres Raiders squad as uh, part of our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, talk to your local store, Fountain Tires, uh, helping you stay on the road and head to fountaintire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. I mean, so you got the three ice arenas going. You got Go Auto, you got the Mark Messi and the Troy Murray. I mean, Troy Murray, maybe who knows he'll make a special guest appearance at this uh, tournament. I saw on Twitter last night, uh, we, and we talked about this yesterday. I think Connor and I were about the mm-hmm. postponed game because of the weather in Buffalo. Of course, uh, Troy Murray and Darren Pang supposed to work the game for the Blackhawks. Yeah. They're already in Buffalo. They uh, don't shift to the new you know, game of the day for TNT, which was down in Florida. So I, I, Darren Pang sent a tweet that uh, had him mm-hmm. and Troy Murray playing some ping pong down in what looked like a conference room <laughs> or, or basement of, uh, I assume, their hotel or whatever the case. So that was uh, a good little tidbit from Panger. Well, and uh, located inside Skybox Ca- Cafe, Starbucks, and the Booster Juice. So if you want to get a Booster Juice there, mm. slide in. Uh, Troy Murray Arena was part of the Campbell Twin Arenas, opened in 1992, Duke. Uh, created, uh, expanded when service credit union place. Our um, in, in, intern Donovan here, he's uh, quite familiar. He's a St. Albert kid. Oh. So he's uh, he knows all the, uh, the ins and outs of all the rinks in St. Albert. Named after Troy Murray, who played uh, in the NHL. Three or four-time guest now on the Kevin Carey Show, Troy Murray, so far. Uh, member of the St. Albert Saints 
hockey team. So it's all at Service Credit Union Place. They got the three rinks uh, going. Games, you go there at 8 in the morning, you can just hop from rink to rink to rink. Uh, it will be amazing hockey. The, the amount of players, the amount of players that have come through this tournament, it's, it's mind-blowing. Uh, we mentioned Rob Brown, Rod Brindamore, Vinny LeCavalier, both Niedermeyer brothers, Jerome McGinley, Eric Stahl, Jonathan Taves. We just got a text in uh, from Tiger saying that he was uh, going to he went to the tournament a few years back. Jonathan Taves was the leading scorer in the tournament uh, five years ago. Connor Bedard played in this tournament. Brandon Gallagher, Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, Colton Pareko. Morgan Riley, Matt Barzell, Dylan Cousins, counting and counting and counting. So they'll be, uh, it's a heavily, heavily scouted tournament. Uh, when we come back, we'll go one-on-one with uh, Edmonton Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. The 740 staple. BA, courtesy the Duke. Text coming in, one 1440 uh, from Dean. Hey, Kevin, best sports show going. Maybe it's just me, but it looks like teams are slowly starting to take runs at Stu Skinner. So I think I would start Cal Pickard tonight. We were talking about that yesterday too, Dean. Thanks for the text. Appreciate it. Uh, you saw it in the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Earlier in the contest, John Tavares went in, and Evander Kane gave him a little poke to the skates and kind of slid into... Uh, Stu Skinner, he, thankfully he was okay. And then uh, later in the game, in the uh, I guess it would have been probably the second period early on, you had the fourth line of the Leafs, Camp, Gregor, and uh, McMahon. All three of them were just barreling, going hard to the net. <laughs> you know, and everyone was talking about yesterday too. There were, there were some rumblings. Should there have been, you know, a little more of a response from the owners? Well, I think the, the game script dictated that. And I, it, that was one of the games where you couldn't afford to take a penalty and go, oh boy, you know, because the game could have broken open at, at any time. It's almost like where you're going, we'll, we'll remember that. But I think that'll be a conscious effort for the Oilers moving forward, trying to protect the crease a little bit. One of the guys that protects the crease is uh, Matthias Ekholm. Yesterday, following uh, Oilers practice, I had a chance to sit down with the Oilers defenseman who, in that game, picked up his 300th career assist. Uh, here's my conversation with Matthias Ekholm yesterday. Matthias, can't imagine things going any better than what they are for the team right now. What's it like to be a part of this? Yeah, it's great, obviously. Um, coming out, uh, obviously we're, st- we're still chasing, but uh, obviously the situation looks a lot better than it did a couple months ago. So um, right now there's a high belief, there's a quiet confidence in here that um, we're really rallying and we're just looking to keep it going. In Nashville, did you experience anything even close to this? I do believe we had, uh, maybe it was like a 15-game streak, but I think we might have lost one in OT in there or something like that. But, yeah, I have experienced it before, but it's obviously um, not the way this season has been where you go really deep and then you go really hot so it's it's been a different experience obviously but um, I think it's a good thing now that we we went through that we did in the beginning and uh, knowing a lot about each other and knowing a lot about our team what the difference is from playing bad to playing good what have you learned about the team from the start of this season to where it is now um, I've learned that hockey is a game of very small details 
that can make or break your team. Um, I do think we have a great team in here, and I think we've shown that a lot lately where uh, we can take over games and where we can play with anybody, um, to be honest with you. But at the same time, when we're not doing those little details we're doing, um, it goes really quick to being really bad. So it's it's that's why we love hockey. It's a game of small details, small margins. Um, so in that regard, it's I've learned that we have a really great team here, but we also got to work the right way to make it great. What has Paul Coffey added since joining the coaching staff? He's an awesome guy, and, and he really wants us to make plays. He really wants us to be able to break out, give the forwards good pucks, not just dump it in and chip it out kind of thing. So that, I, I think, is the, the most important thing that he's learned, but he's also a very vocal um, coach and a vocal leader on the bench, and I, I really enjoy that where it's feedback right away, and uh, you kind of talk it out, you get your point of view, and then it's easy to talk to somebody, too, that has been through... 1500 games whatever his last illustrious career so um, he knows the game he knows um, maybe more the offensive side than the defensive side which is great because I think I've, I've, I've I got a pretty good idea of how to play defense but for me too still learning at 33 um, about how to create more offense and, and getting more out of myself how did the defenseman take the advice and the instruction from both Paul and then Mark Stewart which are different messages I would assume at different times of the game or practice or whatever yeah I feel like the whole coaching staff has done a good job and I I go back to Woody and Mance too they did a really good job I would say Mance did a really good job of putting a defensive foundation for all of all the demon in here and when you have that foundation and you get an offensive guy coming in like that it it always it's it's, sometimes when you, you focus a lot on the defensive side of things you forget about making plays. You forget you're still out there to produce and score and, and do all those great things. So I feel like it's been a good process here of having somebody that was really good at the defensive structure and then somebody that comes in that has a lot of offensive-minded um, ideas and things to, to work on. And, and Stu has been great as well to chip in there. He's kind of taken on the, <coughs> not Mance's role, but just the more defensive side of was the way he played and that's the way he, he runs the PK and uh, helps us out tremendously there and uh, they're, they're just a really good coaching staff that, that complements each other. You picked up your 300th career point against the Maple Leafs. Do you remember your first one? <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I remember my first goal, but I'm sure I had an assist or something before that. And I do not remember my first one. Yeah, But it should just shows you, boy, time sure flies, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, been around now for a while and um, hopefully I got some more years left in me I feel feel great as of right now and it's fun to play the game and um, yeah but but you're right I mean it's when you look at the stats and uh, how many games and points and all that it's just like wow yeah but time does fly in a blink of an eye uh, you know you don't want to look too much uh, ahead but you know you have the all-star break coming up uh, but what about just first Seattle uh, a tough opponent to, to kind of keep things rolling here yeah, they're obviously a team that has been really hot as of late. Um, you know, they had a big winning streak, and um, you look at the standings, they're right behind us, so it's a big game for us, division game, and um, yeah, we got five games here before the break, and uh, we got to make sure we, we bring our A game to be in a great position going into the break, and um, starts with Seattle, good game. I know they're a hard-checking team, and uh, yeah, we... we 
we try to focus on ourselves in here though and, and bring our game we know when we bring our a game there's not that many teams that can handle us so um it's all about getting some rest tonight and get going tomorrow you kind of take a peek and go yeah the break is coming up and we had like nine ten days off and you know everyone makes plans and and things like that but you have to kind of keep focus as well yeah, no, I think everybody's been through this before, so it's not a big deal. It's more or less just now we can have a shorter-term focus on it too. It's five games. And, um Make sure we, we, we get the most out of those games and, and uh, we get so much needed break before the final push. Thanks, Matthias. Continued success. Thank you. That's Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm. Uh, kind enough to sit down for a five, six-minute chat yesterday. Following practice, uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. The king, the king of Fort Nasty says good morning, KK and Duke. Wow, Ekholm, big land, great work, boys. If you get a chance, uh, ask him if he has ever experienced a cold snap like we saw last week before. Well, you know what, King? I actually did ask him that before we uh, kind of conducted the interview just uh, off uh, recorder. And he was like, oh, yeah, I mean, a lot of times in Sweden and things like that. And then, you know, I said, we were, we were just kind of both saying the cold really didn't bother us last week. It didn't bother me to the extent of how, many, how much people were saying and talking about it. I understand that it creates problems for, you know, vehicles and people trying to get around. But he was like, no, nah, I had no problem with it. He was just fine with it. Then he was thinking, well... Yeah, I was kind of gone for a lot of the days there, though, too. But when he did come back, it was still cold. But you know what? He's just a fabulous uh, a fabulous person. And one of the guys I think that teammates gravita- gravitate towards to, uh, people gravitate towards to, and that's just the kind of person that Matthias is. And that, though, I mean, you get more of those guys in the room, you, and then that's what happens. You start getting more glue. You get more of a team concept, everyone pulling together. That's chemistry. Uh, it's culture. And I always keep using I always not laugh, but when everyone says that was the that was the buzzword years ago. Well, we have to change the culture, get the culture. Well, explain culture. Do it quickly. What is it? What is it? Well, in my mind, it's very simply culture is when you look at each other in the dressing room and look at the person's eye and go, that guy's going to do everything it takes to win. And I'll do everything it takes for 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 me to help him win, help him, him be successful and reciprocate that and look around the room. You get 20 guys doing that all in the same thing. That's culture. So, uh, Matthias Ekholm, thanks for doing that yesterday. Uh, busy, 8 o'clock hour. Ladislav Schmid will uh, be with us 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock, as he is every Thursday morning. Uh, Mark Spector, Frank Cervelli, we go double-barrel shotguns with our hockey insiders on Tuesdays and Thursday. Spector for Booster Juice, uh, Roger Sportsnet analyst, and Frank Cervelli from the Daily Faceoff and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Allison Lucan will guest with us in the 9 o'clock hour to tee up tonight's Seattle Oilers game from a Kraken perspective. And then looking forward to a chat with Matt Devlin. Never really talked to Matt before. Raptors play-by-play man as the Raptors pulled off a doozy of a trade. Well, two big, big trades uh, this year. And of course, the Raptors uh, didn't look like uh, anything bothered him last night. Just pounded uh, Miami 121 to 97. So looking forward to that uh, conversation as well. Text coming in 1833-401-1440. Jordo uh, sounds like a great guy, Matthias Ekholm. And then he loves the word, obviously, LOL. Everyone says same things. It's called crutches. Everyone goes, I I say for sure probably too much. Gregor says this too many times. It's just the way things go when you're talking for long periods of time. The wordsmiths, the great, great radio broadcasters, 
Vin Scully and guys like that probably never had a problem with it, but nowhere near that level. So I appreciate the text coming in. 1-833-401-1440. When we come back, Ladislav Schmid and Mark Spector on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Before that, time now for Sports 1440 Update. Brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round. Saturday and Sunday, it's the grade eight. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.